0: What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family.
1: Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty, Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to
0: the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 180 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I sure do appreciate y'all listening in tonight. I am excited to bring you another episode in the new Alberta Foodways series, where I will be shining a spotlight on the province's food producers. This week, I welcome to the show Lauren Dirksen of Gemstone Grass-Fed Beef in Gem, Alberta. We paid a visit to the farm just this past weekend where Lauren gave us a tour of the operation, and then we were welcomed into their home for a light lunch featuring some of their amazing grass-fed and finished beef. Lauren is the fourth generation from his family to raise cattle on this land after his great-grandparents settled there in 1932. They run a conventional cattle operation on that area where the cattle are finished on grains in a feedlot area on the farm. However, Lauren has started Gemstone as an offshoot of that operation and finishing some of the cattle strictly on grasses that they have matched up to the cattle to provide exceptional flavor, tenderness, and marbling that you don't often find in grass-fed beef. The best sauce on the planet. Friends, I've been telling you about Sticky Fix from Motley Q for a while now. It was recently named the 2021 best sauce on the planet at the American Royal World Series of Barbecue Sauce Contest. Sticky Fix will be your new go-to. Perfect for the whole family. Believe me when I say this stuff goes great on everything from quick grilled chicken to a 16-hour slow smoked pork butt. Joe and Jess from Motley Q are mainstays on the Canadian competition barbecue scene and their years of culinary and competition experience shine through in all of their products. They put lots of time and careful attention into each item and they love how barbecue brings people together. Barbecue is a big part of their family and they want to help everyone make it a part of theirs too. Motley Q sauces and seasonings are crafted to deliver high quality flavor to all barbecue dishes. From beef, chicken and pork to wild game and vegetables... They've got a sauce or seasoning fit for any dish or occasion. Visit motleyq.ca, that's M O T L E Y Q U E.ca, to see their full lineup and get your bottle of the best sauce on the planet. Listeners of the Eat More Barbecue podcast can use the discount code EATMOREQ to save 15% off your order. order. That's discount code E A T M O R E Q U E at (laughs) motleyq.ca. welcome back everybody another episode of the show here and uh w- another in our kind of new alberta foodway series where we're putting a focus on producers of the foods we all uh, like to eat here in alberta so i'm out here in uh near gem alberta with lauren dirksen and uh, gemstone grass-fed beef is the company lauren welcome to the show how you doing Good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. We just had a, a tour of the operation here and now sitting uh, sitting down to have a little chat. So uh, the first question I'd like to ask everybody before we get into the farming operation is, uh, what does barbecue mean to you?
1: Well, I was thinking about that question a little bit because I've heard a couple yep. of your podcasts. And the family thing definitely comes up, but mm-hmm. I'd say barbecue makes me a little bit nervous now <laughs> because a lot of the cattle that we're... Uh, that we're using for our, our grass fed program are up to two years or more than age. Mm-hmm. So when we when we get around to to doing some barbecuing it it becomes a bit of a testing ground for what we've done right. for the last two years. So mm-hmm. I'm usually a little bit nervous <laughs> about about it and, and trying pretty hard not to wreck it on the barbecue. Yeah we, we found that the the three big things for us in beef production and ending up with a good product are cattle genetics mm-hmm. the finishing phase the processing phase and then the cooking phase yes yeah. so there's like four different things that have to be done well and you could you can wreck it at any one of them so yeah. i try not to wreck it right at the end yeah no <laughs> doubt finish yeah. strong right <laughs> yeah. fortunately there's lots of experts out there
0: yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and when you've had uh when the 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 process leading up to that has been a two-year process, yeah, you, you certainly don't want to...
1: No, you don't want to mess it screw up. <laughs> up.
0: Screw it up on the grill, right? So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the background of the uh, of the operation here, the farm. Uh, You're your fourth generation?
1: Yeah, me and my brothers are yep. fourth generation. I have two brothers that are part of our operation. Right. And the history of the place is started with my great-grandfather uh, that came here in the 1930s. Right. And they were moving into this area... Because of um the irrigation.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: The Bizano Dam was <clears throat> put up on the Bow River. Right, okay. And so then this area was settled mm. and they came here looking to start a life. <laughs>
0: right. Now where where did the family come from?
1: Uh they immigrated from Russia. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. awesome. Yeah. They were they were German uh Mennonites okay. from Russia that yeah it's a it's a pretty convoluted uh history <laughs> lot going on in there. europe europe yeah, is yeah. obviously <laughs> lots of things going on there but yep. yeah so they awesome. moved here and uh and raised a family and mm-hmm. eventually we came along right on i would say the operation <clears throat> was mostly run fairly conventionally right we've always had livestock cattle mm-hmm. and uh growing crops the irrigation is a huge part of what we can do here right to grow high high quality cropland. Mm-hmm.
0: Now the crops you're growing are they strictly feed crops? Or Are you doing
1: other? We grow a lot of feed crops for our grass finishing program, right. um, but we can also grow more of a cash crop, right? Like canola or yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, you're doing. you are we doing some other. Yeah, we do some other other, other crops cropping, as well. Right. Just yeah.
0: for the for the crop itself, not as feed.
1: Yeah, and to keep a rotation. And so we usually we'll grow some forages, and then we'll we'll have a, a cash crop, and then. Okay get back into forage kind of yep. thing. Got to have the cash flow, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: awesome. And then you uh, you left the farm for a bit, went off to school.
1: Yeah, I went to the University of Lethbridge, yep. and I did a science degree majoring in environmental science and uh, had a good good time there in <laughs> the big city of Lethbridge, yep. <laughs> <laughs> a lot bigger than Jem. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, after that, I, I worked in the oil field as a reclamation consultant doing a well site reclamation. Right. And so got lots of good experience working with people and being out on the land yep. was a was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I started working, ended up spending a lot of time back around the farm right. working in the oil field. And yep. like I was telling you on the road, you can't come back to the farm and not do work. Right. So yep. so I got a lot more involved again and mm-hmm. decided uh, decided it was maybe the direction I was going to go. Yep. And then I met my wife and. Yep. She agreed. I had to pull her down out of the mountains from mm-hmm. Cranbrook to right. live in the prairies, but yeah. it worked out. So awesome. Yep. Yeah. And then Katie, you were here
0: teaching, was that what Lauren said? Okay. Awesome. Um, so you talked about the the conventional cattle business, and then you've kind of led the charge into the the grass fed, grass finish side of things a little bit.
1: Yeah, we've always raised cattle conventionally and and done grain fed. Mm-hmm finishing yep. in a feedlot. Yep. That's the standard in yes. in Canada and, yep. and and most of North America. Mm-hmm. I started learning about regenerative agriculture principles after I'd moved back to the farm. Right. It's actually grass finishing is one of the fastest growing industries in the States. Okay. A little bit slower to catch on here. Yeah. Kind of like barbecue. Everything in yeah, yeah. <laughs> case yeah. And uh yeah, I don't know the the principles of it and the concepts really <clears throat> really made sense, and mm-hmm. so that's kind of what got us caught us into it. Awesome. So talk about uh, I guess
0: talk about the, uh, the idea of the regenerative farming uh, the crop ro- or grazing rotational grazing, sorry, and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah the, so the idea of it familiar is with it yeah.
1: The idea of regenerative agriculture is to focus less on inputs mm-hmm. and treat your land in a way that improves soil health. Soil improving soil health is kind of the whole, the whole concept of right.
0: it. When you say inputs, you are talking fertilizer, fertilizers, fertilizers, sort of okay. chemicals, yep. Yep. Uh, okay.
1: yeah, all sprays, all that kind of stuff. Right. And we can still use those things as a tool. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't necessarily have to be organic certified, but the focus is is less inputs, right, and and a healthier nutrient cycling going on in the soil. Mm-hmm. And what we found is is uh, healthy soil equals healthy pastures equals healthy cattle equals healthy people go figure yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it seems simple but yeah it's not it's not what's being done and yeah uh,
0: I think as uh, you know like like all industries as the agricultural industry and populations grew there was a rush to get as much product to the market as possible and people got away from those traditional ways of doing things that were, were better for everybody, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's f- it's great to see a movement back to that now.
1: Yeah, and there's lots of reasons for doing it. I mean, mm. like we were talking, the, the feedlot industry mm. evolved to deliver efficiency and volume, and mm. that was a that makes sense. We had to do that, but yep. we left some of the things behind. Yeah, like animal health uh, and nutritional quality of food. Mm-hmm. And so we can bring start to bring some of that stuff back,
0: yeah, absolutely no that's great to see uh you were talking when we were out on the the tour there about the what the rotational grazing and the the importance of not not having the animals eat the eat the uh, sil- silas sorry, I'm losing my words here, but uh not go right down to the dirt right
1: yeah, one of the princi- one of the uh production methods of regenerative agriculture is mm-hmm. rotational grazing right so we We segment our pastures into smaller uh, paddocks, Mm -hmm. and we rotate our cattle through those paddocks. Mm -hmm. And we can even use um, portable electric fencing on a reel to make really small paddocks. So I actually will move the cattle anywhere from one to three times a day in the spring, summer, and fall. So that they're always getting the best grass, Mm -hmm. most nutritious grass. Yeah. And uh, we can keep an eye on on the level of grazing, so in that short period of time, you have a lot of cattle on a small area, creating a lot of impact, mm-hmm. but they only are allowed to take one bite of the plant, so you only you only end up grazing the top right third to fifty percent of the plant, yeah,
0: and you were saying that's where the most health benefits for the animal is anyways, right
1: yeah, that's the most nutritious part of the plant, yeah, and it also Keeps the roots growing. Mm-hmm. If you graze all the way to the ground, the roots stop. If you just graze the top, you still have all that solar panel there. Yeah, you got the the sun beating down on that. The whole photosynthesis thing happening. Yeah, and, and you're actually sequestering atmospheric carbon into the soil. Right. Yeah, we t- touched on
0: that, and uh, you, you said there's research showing that that actually the the carbon sequestering is out, outweighs the. The negative impacts of the cattle, right, on the from a carbon standpoints, so the methane production, and
1: yeah, cattle are part of the carbon cycle, yeah, and a really important part of it, yeah. But the way you graze can really positively influence the carbon cycle, yeah. And when you don't graze to the ground, the plant continues its photosynthetic photosynthetic process, right, and you're storing a lot of a lot of carbon, yeah, and kind of a yeah. Some of the research that's being done now is showing that that there's a, a net zero or maybe even more carbon being sequestered than the animals emitting over its lifetime. Yeah. That's great. Uh, kind of
0: counters that argument against the cattle industry of the, you know, the, the big carbon footprint, right?
1: Totally. Yeah. It's a kind of exciting, exciting stuff. Yep. And then with the, the,
0: just the partial grazing down to that, that just that top half, you said as, as well, that grows back much faster when you take the cattle off of that section and move them into a different paddock
1: yeah and it's it seems a little bit against against uh what you'd think but high impact a lot of cattle on an area for a short period of time is the best is the best way It the, it, it actually improves the soil yeah the yeah the gray the not grazing but the Improves walking the, on that, I can't. them. no, that's okay. Words are just gone today, it improves, I don't know the, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> improves the nutrient cycle. But yeah. that, that, that animal impact is actually really important on the grass. Mm-hmm. I guess one way of explaining it is that we're trying to mimic the uh the patterns of the buffalo, yeah. back in the day. They would go around in massive herds mm-hmm. and create a lot of damage to, a, to an area for a short period of time, but it, it comes back right, right. away, yeah. and that's kind of the way. It's like a forest fire, right? It mm-hmm. creates a lot of damage, but yep. the next year you got a lot of new growth there. Right. And
0: you're using a variety of uh, different grasses and stuff on the uh, in the pastures for the animals to eat?
1: Yeah, we use a mix of grasses and clovers. Okay. And one of the things we're trying to learn more about is what types of grass influence beef flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another principle of regenerative agriculture is diversity. So having a lot of different types of species out there, right? they interact with each other mm-hmm. below ground okay. in ways that we don't really understand even, yep. but it all contributes to uh, the health of the animal and the nutrient density of the product. Awesome. Awesome. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by
0: Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta and Canada. Based out of Edmonton with the ability to travel Pitt County Barbecue will come to your event and cook an entire pig on-site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zekiewski. Specializing in corporate catering and private events, Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina chopped to barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good that you don't even need sauce. Peter is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. Check out their recent web series Friends of the Pit on YouTube and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. To book your event, visit their website at Pitt County Barbecue. That's P I T T T County BBQ.com. <laughs> Now let's talk about the animals itself. And, uh, we were saying, uh, looking at the, the photos I've seen of your, your beef of your end product, uh, the marbling, uh, isn't what I, isn't what I've experienced with grass finished beef in the past. Uh, some of the stuff we've had has been very, very lean, very little marbling. And mm. I look at yours and it's, it's not mm. uh, the marbling uh, looks amazing. So what's, what's contributing to that? Do you think?
1: Well, it's, it's one of the areas of beef quality that we think is important. Yeah. So we focus on trying to get to a to a well-marbled product. And, yeah. and we think the important things there are the right cattle genetics. Mm-hmm. There are certain types of cattle that will naturally put on flesh and, and marble better right. on a forage-only diet okay. without the need for grain. So that's something that we have been working on for a long time before we even started the grass finishing uh, project. Um, and they're typically... British breeds of cattle, cattle that were originally, um, bred and developed in, well, in Britain, (laughs) including, uh, uh, Scotland and Ireland. Okay. And, uh, they've got kind of a cool climate there. Mm -hmm. They they can grow very nutritious grasses, grasses. Yep. That's actually quite similar to what we can do here in the summertime.
0: Okay.
1: Yep. So it's about matching the cattle to the environment. Yep. And selecting the right genetics right. and that's uh something that we're building on from what previous generations in our in our family were doing yeah you were
0: you were the family was doing that before the grass fed grass finished yeah uh movement kind of came in that's what, what you've brought in right so that's been happening already
1: yeah my dad was kind of focused on on purebred hereford genetics that that naturally were efficient mm-hmm. were efficient for their environment and it turns out that efficient cattle in their environment also produce high quality beef if okay. given the chance.
0: So would you mentioned the
1: Herefords, what,
0: so I guess the cattle you're here now, they're kind of
1: mixed breeds, would you say, or like, how would you? Yeah. A lot of them are mixed or mixed yeah. breeds. We have a purebred Hereford and red Angus group of cattle where, okay. we, where we focus on the genetics yep. there. But yep. then a lot of the, our, our larger cow calf herd ends up being a lot of, uh, a lot of hybrid Hi, okay. breeding, yeah. And with the uh, with the purebreds, you're
0: more looking for certain traits in certain animals and breeding breeding for that, right?
1: Yes, yeah. We're looking for a moderate framed animal, yeah, that shows signs of being able to naturally gain weight without right. without a lot of grain. Nice. And there's some kind of interesting technologies now that we can use to keep a closer eye on mm-hmm. that, like DNA testing, right? The bovine genotype has been explored almost as much as the human genome. Okay. Yep. So we know a lot about, uh, about cattle genetics yeah. and we can, use, we can use DNA testing to actually learn more about, about mm-hmm. what kind of cattle we want to select for. Right.
0: And you're also talking about ultrasound uh, when we we're out, uh, out there looking at, uh, you're able to look at the marbling and stuff before when the cow is still, or the, the animal is still.
1: You still know, gaining still gaining yeah. right you're able to look at that yeah we've done some playing around with that we had an ultrasound yeah. tech come out and, and that's more of just a way of confirming where we're at yeah. in the stage of the cattle yeah. but that it's pretty exciting to be able to to put a mm. <laughs> to to use ultrasound and know yeah. that the cattle you're sending to the processing plant are yeah. are going to be high double AA A triple a marbling
0: yeah certainly uh, some technology that your earlier uh Generations uh, wouldn't have had uh, access to right.
1: Uh, exactly. Yeah. One of the things I like about this is you're, you're using new technologies, mm-hmm. but it's really an old methodology of yeah. raising cattle. Yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome. Let's get into the into the beef a little bit. I guess uh, talk about uh, what folks if they're shopping for some gemstone beef, what can folks
1: uh, expect to see and find? Well, I would I would hope that it, the beef is going to be tender. Yep. Well marbled. And flavorful and I would say flavorful is is the thing that we're I'm the most excited about is trying to get more flavor in beef. Nice. I like the sauces and stuff too, and that's fun to experiment with. But when we're testing or sort of uh trying to figure out what our beef is like, we just put a little bit of salt on it and look for those flavors. Yeah yeah you want the the meat to speak for itself right exactly yeah and everything else should be a compliment to exactly it, but not yeah trying to hide any hide a lack of flavor yeah or anything like that yeah that's what
0: i kind of and obviously my going down states uh texas is where i've been and in texas it's the you know sauce is on the side
1: yeah <laughs> right
0: you don't uh you know the restaurant's very rare you're going to find uh Get a piece of meat that's slathered in barbecue sauce, served to you, right? If, right. If you want sauce, that's on the side, and maybe you dip it in there a little. But uh, exactly, it's you know very simple seasoning, salt and pepper. Yeah. Let the meat uh, let the meat speak for itself. So.
1: No, there's a a food writer. I don't know if you, have you heard of Mark Schatzker before? I have no. Yeah, he's no. he's got a book called Steak. Okay. One man's journey to find the best piece of meat. Oh, nice. And it, yeah. it's a, it's an awesome book. And, yeah. It's interesting, he finds that, and this is a bit of a spoiler alert, but he finds that the worst piece of meat is a grass-fed animal. Okay. And the best piece of meat is a grass-fed is a, animal. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so that just kind of goes to show the the, the project that this yeah. all is, right? Yeah. You can, If you don't do it right, it can be yeah. terrible. But if you do it right, it can be better than what's available mm-hmm. in your t- standard grocery store. Well, and that's what we were
0: talking about. I've done a, a grass-fed, grass-finished brisket, and it didn't turn out great just because there was – so little fat in it mm-hmm. so it's uh i'm excited to kind of try some of your uh, ha- i've had the ribeye and it was amazing uh excited to try out some of your other cuts and uh, see what that marbling what a difference it makes so
1: yeah well i, I hope it lives up to what i've been saying <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it will
0: um as far as product wise uh what can folks find where can folks find your products i guess and uh what kind of options do you have as far as cuts and different things?
1: We have an online store, yep, uh, gemstonegrassfedbeef.com. Yep. We can deliver to most uh, major towns and cities in Alberta. Right. Um, if you have any Vancouver folks listening, we also sell to uh, Windsor Meats in Vancouver. Excellent. That's been a new a new development that we're really excited about. We we sell to quite a few of the specialty grocery stores in in Alberta, the Blush Lane, Spud, Organic Box. Right. True local cultivator, mm-hmm. Bessie Box. Bessie Box is where yep. I got the uh, the ribeyes through. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. They've been great to work with as well. Yeah, and we started selling fresh meat now to the Flat Cap Butcher in the Calgary's Farmers Market. Right. on Blackfoot. Awesome. So I got to put in a little pitch for you him. Get, uh, yeah. yeah, for There <laughs> he yeah. just started. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Help him out <laughs> for sure. Yep. Awesome. And uh, online, I was looking last night. You've got some uh, obviously you can just buy cuts, but you've got some packages, uh, different things like that.
1: Yeah, we have bulk cases of of ground. We also have mixed mixed boxes that include roast, ground beef, and steak. Yeah. And uh, we're looking to develop that a little bit more Mm -hmm. and do a little bit more creative things as well. We have a hidden gems box. Okay. That includes, oh, I'm not going to be able to remember now, Denver steaks, skirt steak, flank steak, tri-tip, some of the more obscure things that not as many people know about.
0: Yeah, the tri-tips, people sleep on that, and it's... uh Shouldn't be so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's a good big good fan of, kind of, of that. Eat, yeah, I'm if a big you...
1: fan of the chuck flat, like the Denver steaks. Okay, yeah, oh, they're yeah. they're really good. Nice, good flavor. Nice. And
0: then I saw there's a a smokers pack as well for the barbecue
1: fans. Yeah, we have a smoker box that includes yep. a brisket, uh, short ribs, back ribs. I think it has a tri tip as well. Yeah, and a whole picana, too. Okay, yeah, I think so the Pecana is yeah. the top uh, the top uh, uh, sirloin cap. Right which is big time popular in yeah, Brazil, South yeah. America yeah. Brazil. But. Brazil,
0: you see the Brazilian barbecue and the on the big st- uh, sword and everything, right? So.
1: Yeah. No, that's a lot of fun to yeah. work with.
0: Awesome. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap up there? Uh, oh, no. Well, thanks yeah, for having me up. on.
1: <laughs> it's exciting to be able to share a story. and Yeah. Uh, thanks for what you're doing. Oh,
0: no, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, where can folks track you down? You mentioned the website, uh, online, social media, plug those
1: yeah you can find us on instagram at gemstone beef facebook gemstone grass fed beef and our website is gemstone grass fed com. awesome
0: well uh put all that in the show notes last question i ask everybody it's uh it's dinner time you got the what are you cooking on here do you gotta you know when you're when you're cooking outside what do you what have you got here we
1: have a we have a trigger you do so you that, do a little smoking. Yeah, yeah we do a little smoking i'm yeah. not very good at it yet yeah. i'm trying to get better yep I want to get a green egg. Yep. Or at least some kind of charcoal yeah. charcoal uh yep. grill, but what's our other one? A saber. We have a saber but a gas grill, yeah. Gas grill, yeah. yeah. Propane, yeah. which which is good. Yeah. I like the saber. Yeah. But I'm ready to get into something. Actually, what I'd really like is a perilla. Okay. I want a perilla. It's an yeah. Argentina yeah. grill. So you can you have your fire on the mm-hmm. side and yeah. then you can shove your coals underneath your underneath the meat that you're cooking. Yep. And raise and level the there's some folks
0: uh, distributor there in Linden. Oh,
1: really? They bring them in from South America.
0: That's good to know. Yeah, I'll, all uh, right. Fine. I can't think of the name. Christmas off the top of Christmas is coming. Head, <laughs> so, anyways, okay. Last question you got the uh, you got the grill fired up. What's uh, what's the go to for you?
1: We've been liking skirt steak a lot lately. Really? Yeah. But I mean a ribeye. Yeah. I'm just a ribeye guy. That's yeah. if we're trying to figure out if we have you know a good animal. Yeah. You could go you go to the ribeye for sure. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much. Lauren, Katie, thanks so much for uh, your hospitality, for the tour. Uh, and great. It was great talking to you and great to meet you and see what you're, uh, you're doing here. Love it. Thanks a lot. Good Thank to you. Meet you. You are listening to Canada's longest running barbecue podcast. And it is time now for some barbecue news brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q, a family owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it's in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents to slow down a bit and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the smokers and accessories you need to be the boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram and visit them online at barrelbossq.ca. Q dot C-A. While you're there, be sure to check out the Men of Barbecue 2022 calendar that Barrel Boss and some of the finest in the Canadian barbecue community have joined forces to create and raise funds for the Canadian Cancer Society. Visit them online at www.barrelbossq.ca to order your calendar and see the amazing lineup of smokers. And tell them you heard about them on the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. Some sad news to report here, folks, as the founder of the Q39 restaurants in Kansas City, Robert McGee, passed away this past week. I wasn't familiar with him, but I had heard of Q39, and from everything I've read about him in the past few days, uh, he does sound like an amazing person, and our condolences go out to Robert's family and many friends in the barbecue community. Heading a little further south, Rodney Scott's Barbecue has opened their fourth location now in Homewood, Alabama this week, joining the original spot in Charleston, South Carolina, and other locations in Atlanta and Birmingham, Alabama. In a relatively short period of time, Pitmaster Erica Blair-Roby has achieved some amazing accomplishments in the barbecue world, including winning season two of Food Network's Barbecue Brawl. She recently appeared on the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with my pal Ben Arnott, and it was a great conversation. Check out the December 1st episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast to hear for yourself. Thanks again to Lauren and Katie from Gemstone Grass-Fed Beef for their incredible hospitality. And be sure to check the show notes for links to where you can purchase their delicious grass-fed and finished beef. Thanks for listening in, everyone. Please drop me a line to let me know what you think about the changes to the show. You can follow Eat More Barbecue on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you're using. And I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. It helps more people hear about Eat More Barbecue. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at www.albertabbqtrail.ca where you'll find a listing of the barbecue joints here in Alberta so you can get out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, wherever you are, get out there and show your local barbecue joints some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking.